0: Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church weekly sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 5th of October 2014 entitled The Sower Goes Out to Sow and the Bible reading is taken from Mark chapter 4 verses 1 to 20. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Gospel of Mark chapter 4 you might think as we, I mean we were singing bringing in the sheaves and uh, if you've looked in your bulletin you've seen the title of the sermon today is uh, the sower goes out to sow. You might say, well, preacher, you're still hung in. Last Sunday was Harvest Sunday, and it was. Uh, and we thank God that uh, if you saw in your bulletin, the uh, harvest gifts last week came to uh, just under 300 pounds, which uh, would we'll be going to the Kellys uh, there in, uh, in Dublin uh, to feed the folks in the homes that they're working with there with the addicts and whatnot. So thank God for that. And uh, I must admit that when I first started working on this sermon, I thought it was going to be for last Sunday, Uh, but God took me in a totally different direction if you were here last week as we really focused upon Thanksgiving, Uh, but uh, but then God wouldn't really let me get away from coming back to it this week. And uh, so I'd like to read this, and I'd like to just take a few simple thoughts here this morning that I hope will uh, either be life-changing for you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or for the Christians, that there will be a great encouragement to you. Now, in Mark chapter 4, we find, beginning in verse 1, I invite you to stand to honor the reading of the most precious words in all the world, God's holy word, beginning in Mark chapter 4, verse 1. And he began again to teach by the seaside. There was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship, and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken! Behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And Some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. Because it had no root, it withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up, and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up, and increased, and brought forth some thirty, and some sixty, and some an hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. When he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve, asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. That seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? How then will ye know all parables? The sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time afterward when affliction or persecution ariseth from the world's from the word's sake or for the word's sake immediately they are offended and these are they which are sown among thorns such as hear the word And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. These are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty and some an hundred. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for the privilege of being here again today, for health, for strength. Thank you, Lord, as we just sang earlier, we thank you, Lord, for that wonderful grace that you have shown us, not only to save us, but wherein we stand even now. Fathers, we take this time this morning to look into your word. We know fully well. We know, first of all, Lord, that there is nothing that we have to give anyone here that would be of any lasting benefit. We also know, Lord, that the same one that we see stealing away the seed in this reading before us would surely like to do the same here today. Father, we know that your word changes hearts. If there be any here today that do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, if there be anyone that hear these words that go forth today by the power of your Spirit, We pray, Lord, that they would find a resting place in good soil and bring forth fruit, but also for your children here this morning. Father, it's your word that still continually goes into our heart, and Lord, we find that for those where the good seed has found a place, that the natural thing to come forth from that is fruit. So Father, I pray that you would help us. Help us that we would be fruitful today, that there would be that which comes forth from our lives that would bring glory and honor to you in your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. We find that as we read this account, that first of all, there's a couple of things that it's good to keep in mind. We find that it's interesting that as those that were followers of Jesus ask him just what all of this was really about. He made it very clear to the believers that it was there for them to understand the mystery of the kingdom. We find that it's also very clear from the teaching that he's given to us that there is an awesome responsibility to sow the good seed. Without the seed, there will be no fruit. Without the seed, there will be no growth. And he tells us very clearly what that seed is, which is the very Word of God. Such a simple verse. For grace, for by grace are you saved through what? Faith. Through faith. That not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, lest anyone should boast. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You know, that's not just saving faith that comes by the word of God. But that's growing faith as well. That's standing faith as well. That's the faith to believe and trust God in every circumstance, in every way of life. If we're to be strong and to stand, it's the good seed that's going to bring forth that fruit in our lives. He gives us an illustration here that most everyone that was listening would have some kind of a simple understanding of. Now, sometimes it's called the parable of the sower. And of course, it is the sower that he says himself here that goes forth to sow. Sometimes it's called the parable of the seed because it is the seed that is the Word of God that is being sown in this account but i think that as we find in this account that the thing that is really different that we must understand that there is only one good seed that can be sown and yes the greatest sower of all is the lord jesus christ himself through the holy spirit but he has challenged us each and every one of us as believers to sow this seed. And he says that when that good seed finds a resting place in the good soil in our hearts, that it will bring forth fruit. The real difference in all of this is not the seed, it's perfect. And if the sower is doing his job by sowing the good seed, the thing that we find makes the big difference is the soil in which that seed Is sown. And that's where really the emphasis of this is at, and that's where the differentiation comes between the same seed that's being sown by the same sower, but the results are very different because of the soil that it finds. Now we've got to keep in mind the sower is essential. And the seed is essential. But when we do the sowing, and when we sow the perfect seed, God's holy word, it's important that it finds the right soil. I believe that the soils that are certainly clearly being represented here, or the soil is being representative of, I should say, is the human heart. The human heart, the kind of reception that that seed has when it comes into the human heart. Now, yes, first and foremost, this is directly related to whether a person ever becomes a Christian, a true born-again child of God, because the same seed being sown by the same sower has different results. And it needs to find that good soil. Well, that it can have lasting results and bring forth fruit. We find that in all of this, that it also brings us back to be reminded. We can sow the seed, but you and I cannot give the increase. Only God can do that. I think it's also important to remember that even as Christians, the Bible is very clear. That even as Christians, once that that seed has found good soil in our hearts, and it's brought forth that eternal life that we can only have through Jesus Christ, that as that seed is continually sown in our lives, that it doesn't always find the same reception, even as Christians. The seed can have a different outcome because of even the heart that it finds in the believer when it enters in. I want you to notice, first of all, that he tells us here in this passage, he tells us in verse 4, and it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. He tells us then very clearly down in verse 19 that that's not the right verse. In verse 19, he says, And the cares of this world and the deceit from the riches, that was the thorns that were choking it out. We find that uh, it's verse 15 that I meant to look at. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. The seed is there. The sower is there. The perfect seed is sown, but it doesn't find the right place. Now, notice here that the sower did what? He went out. He went out. That's the responsibility of each and every one of them. He went out, but he went out into the open countryside here. Now in Palestine, where that they would have been riding, and this would have been a visual right before that their, their eyes, farming was a little different in those days. You had all these fields where the seeds were being sown. But they didn't have up all these barriers, and they certainly didn't have up these no trespassing signs that we find today, or trespassers will be persecuted. It was a very common thing as they didn't have the automobiles to sit in and comfort and run around as you and I do. They walked wherever they went. So there were these paths that would just cut right across these fields. And it was where that people walked all the time. And of course, that soil would become packed down. It would become very hard. That's the picture that he's giving them here. It's where the wayfarers walked through those fields, where that that ground became very packed because of being trodden underfoot. And it was very, very, very hard there. We find that in the hearer's hearts, when the seed is being sown there, we find that this wayside would, certainly he tells us clearly that it's representative of somewhere where the seed is just simply not going into the soil. It's sown, but suddenly as it lays there, something happens and Satan comes along and he takes it away, just as, you know, I can remember a couple of times in my life, I used to be I used to be a gardener, believe it or not, and I used to plant a lot of veggies and, and, and all these things. And of course, what you had to be careful for is before that that plant sprang up, if you weren't careful, the birds would come along and they would steal the seeds right out of the ground, and especially those that weren't buried down in. So we used to put up scarecrows and things to keep them scared away. Also know that if you've ever sown grass, sown grass a few times in my life, that's why you come along and you put straw or something over the top of that because if you don't, the birds come in and they'll just pick the seeds right off of the ground. You see, we find here a picture of that person that has a hardened heart. They may be uh, an indifferent hearer. Maybe Maybe they've heard it but they've never fully understood it. A hard place. Seed falling upon hard hearts. They may hear the Word of God regularly. It may be something that they've heard time and time and time again, but it's a heart that has never received that seed within it. Not just a hard place, but it's it's a dangerous place because we find here that it's, it's totally exposed to the enemy. It's exposed to, to the fowls here to come along and to, and to steal that seed away because it's just laying on the surface. It's there, but it's not in the soil. And of course, those fowls are very quick. It's down and they grab it and they're gone before you realize what's going on. It says here that in the heart but only on the wayside, not in the good soil. You see, the wicked one sees that seed when it's being sown, and he sees it laying right there upon that heart. And He's the one that will come along, devour it and steal it and take it away. I used to hear the term a lot more, especially when I was growing up, about people being gospel-hardened. That heard the gospel so many times, but there was a stubbornness that had set in that they just simply were not going to hear that word. Spurgeon, in one of his illustrations in looking at this particular passage, he used to tell the story of a blacksmith's dog. Because there, in the in the blacksmith's shed, when he would be working, and of course the the anvil and the sparks flying and. And if those sparks hit you, they, they're hot and they burn. But the dog would just become so accustomed to it. All those sparks would fly and he wouldn't pay any attention whatsoever. He wouldn't even notice that they were burning him. You've got to realize this too. These people that he's talking about here are not the people out there that have never heard the gospel these are the people that have heard the gospel. The seed has come. The seed just hasn't found a resting place. So we need to keep in mind that there are many around that the seed may be being sown and it is the absolute perfect seed. Sometimes the hearts have become hardened. And I guess there's two things there that we need to ask ourselves. First of all, Has some way, somehow, has our heart become hardened to the Word of God? Maybe. Maybe we've heard God's Word so many times and we've heard it so much that it just doesn't have the needed effect on our hearts. But of course, most of all, both for those that are hearing that in the first place and for the sower that's sowing it, we must recognize that the perfect seed, there's absolutely nothing else, nothing else that will bring forth the fruits of righteousness except God's perfect seed. But when that seed falls by the wayside, then it will never, ever, ever be able to bring forth the fruit that it was meant. He tells us next of all here that not only does some of it fall there, but But notice he says in verse five, and some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. And again, he tells us very clearly down in verse 16, and these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground. Who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the world's sake, immediately they are offended. So we find that again here, if you were there in that Palestinian countryside, not only would you find these these wayfarer paths, these wayside paths that are running where they're totally, completely trodden underfoot. But if you've ever been to anywhere in that part of the world, you'll know that also that it's a very hard terrain many times. There are many stones that will be found in it. And of course, when somebody goes to cultivate that ground, it's one of the things that have to be dealt with. We find that sometimes there'll be a a mixture of this soil and these stones, and some of them are maybe just part buried and some are more buried, and when you go to turn it over, they're they're there. It's not an uncommon thing for the farmer to literally break his plow because of coming across a stone that, a big stone that's under the ground that he doesn't see, and when his plow hits it, it will actually shear off the end of his plow. Of course, When the seed is scattered, we find here that it does find a bit of root, but the problem is, it's just too shallow. It's not able to get its roots down in there to where it can, can get a hold, and of course, the roots are what nourishes it to give it the nourishment that it needs, but it's also what holds it in place, keeps it steady when the things start coming against it, He tells us that these are those that they receive it at once with joy, he says here. You see, that stony ground is is moved pretty easily. It doesn't have any depth. It's pretty easy to take it even with your hand and to scrape it and to move it about. a heart that's mixed with stones, the stones of this world, Sometimes it can be easily moved. You see, one of the things that certainly that is being represented here is those that may be here emotionally, but it doesn't find the real root. They immediately receive it with gladness, he says. We find that it's just a thin layer of feeling that is easily tossed about. Is easily changed. He says here it quickly withers away. Why? Because it has no root. It has no way to get that vital nourishment that is essential for it. it may last for a while, especially when the conditions aren't too harsh. But when things start heating up, when it starts getting tougher when that surface nourishment is no longer enough to meet the need, when there's no root to find the, the life that is essential for it to flourish, it is soon just scorched and withers away. There is no hope of endurance in this kind of a heart. It can only last for a limited amount of time. He gets offended easily. We find that they used to have a saying that I'm sure some of you have heard, and that's when the going gets tough, the tough get going. But in this kind of a heart, that's not the case. When the going gets tough, the tough quit going. And we find that this reminds us of many times, I think one of the greatest heartbreaks that both pastors and Christians can have when you present somebody with the wonderful message of the gospel and they, and they seem so happy, they seem so joyous to, to receive it. There, there seems to be all this emotion that's involved in everything. And, and yet, six months down the road or 12 months down the road, that person seems to just go away from the Lord to be away from the Lord. Many times you're questioning yourself, well, you know, what went wrong? You know, they, they seem so happy. They seem so, so eager to live for the Lord. Sometimes, I'm not saying that the gospel shouldn't make you emotional, that God's word shouldn't make you emotional. It will affect your emotions sometimes, but emotions and feelings alone aren't enough. Just somebody seeming glad for the moment is not enough. When the real trials come, when the temptations come, when the testings come, is it going to be able to stand up? Is it going to be able to handle the things that will come against it? You see, we've got the perfect seed. When that seed is sown, the seed itself, if it lands upon that hardened heart, then it'll have no root whatsoever. But if it lands upon that stony ground where, you know, some of it's loose and some of it's mixed with the stones, it may immediately flourish, but it won't last. There's no way that it can ever truly bring forth that fruit. But then he gives us another here. He tells us in verse seven, and some fell among Thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. Now, if we come down and we look when he begins to interpret that, he tells us in verse 18 And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things. Entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. You see, also, if you were looking at that Palestinian countryside, uh, not only is there these hard, trodden-down paths, and not only is there a lot of soil that's mixed with stones and whatnot, but amongst that, there's those beloved things that we recently saw in our Genesis account, called weeds and thorns that came as part of the curse. But the amazing thing is, is that if any of you've ever grabbed a hold of maybe a, a rose bush and that thorn, and man, it pricks the finger and it doesn't feel very nice. But if you've ever visited a part of the world like Palestine, those thorns are a lot bigger than our English thorns. They're tougher. They have to be because they're growing in a much harsher region, a much harsher area. But of course, the thing about those thorns is whether they're growing here or whether they're growing there, there's something that if they're allowed to grow there with the crops, they'll continue to grow and they'll begin to choke it out. And, of course, he tells us here that those thorns that are dangerous to us are, are these cares of the world, loving this present world, being drawn away by the things of this world. You see, we've got different things that we could call it, but this, if you would, is that, is that double-minded person that with the one hand they, they, they want Jesus, but they don't want to let go of the world. They're drawn between the two. We find that the Apostle Paul talks about this even in writing to the churches, specifically writing to the church at Corinth. He talks to them about how they are so carnal minded. They are there, they are part of the church, but they're carnal minded, they're fleshly minded, they're still thinking like the world. We find that that wonderful passage in, in Romans chapter 12 when it says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. When we are conformed, that's under pressure, under stress, we're taken and, and whatever it is, it's just, it's just taken on another form, but it's still the same thing. But when it's transformed, it's, it's made into something new. We sang earlier, I am a new creation. No more in condemnation. Conformed to the world. We're pressed, dressed, we're still thinking like the world, though. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. <laughs> Brother Romani, we've got to have new mind. We've got to think different. Is a child of God, if we're Christ-like, we think different than the world. You can't keep thinking like the world and be a strong Christian. He's talking here about the good, perfect seed of God's Word. It finds soil, and it begins to grow fine. But the problem is It's growing right alongside the world. (laughs) It's being choked out by the cares of the world. There's nothing wrong with the seed. There's nothing wrong with that which is growing from it. It's what's being allowed to be there with it. Growth is possible. Obviously, that heart has been broken down enough that that seed has found root in this case. There's no problem there. But the thorns are present. They're allowed to grow right alongside it. Matthew 6 24 says, You cannot serve God and mammon. You don't even have to go back to the Greek to figure that out. <laughs> you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve God. And the riches of this world and the things of this world at the same time, it is impossible. If the thorns and the briars and the weeds are allowed to grow right alongside of the good plants, eventually they will destroy it. They'll take the goodness, they'll take the strength right out of it. We find that there is no hope for real fruitfulness I don't know, but if you've ever grown a garden like I have, if you figured out a way, I don't care whether it's your flowers or your veggies or whatever they might be, if you figured out a way that it could do it and you never have to tend it, you never have to pull the weeds, you never have to get the bad stuff out of there, please let me in on the secret. (laughs) Come have a look at mine. (laughs) I'll show you what it means for the bad stuff to take over the good stuff. It's a reality of life. When you plow the field, when you work that soil, it's not even a matter of just turning it over and hiding it. You've got to get those weeds out of there. They'll grow back up if you just leave them in there. You get them out. You carefully, when you go to get those weeds out of your, amidst your flowers, you pull them out by the root. Whack the top off, guess what? It'll grow right back again. They've got to be gotten out. You see, on the one hand, we say that there's no hope for fruitfulness. There is no hope as long as the thorns and the weeds are left there. But there is hope for this person. There's hope because those footpaths, that seed never even had a chance It couldn't take root at all. Those layers of rock, they're there, and there's nothing that you can do about that. But the thorns, you can pull them out. You can get rid of them. Christians can cut free from this world. They don't have to let the world grow in their lives right alongside the good seed. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith, the Bible says. So we've got the waysides, that hardened heart. We've got the stony ground. Where that there's some soil there that it can get some root, but it won't last when things began to get tough. You've got the thorny ground. Well, the thorns and the weeds are being allowed to grow right along, but praise God. He tells us also in verse 8, and other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprung up and increased and brought forth some 30 and some 60 and 100. Same seed. The same seed has been sown in every one of these. Just found a different heart. It's found a different heart. You see, he tells us when we look down and he gives us his own interpretation of this. He says, and these are they, in verse 20, which are sown on good ground, such as... Hear the word, and what's the next word? Receive it. Hear it and receive it and bring forth fruit, some thirty-fold, some 60, and some hundred. Oh thank God. You see, there is nothing wrong with the seed. The seed will always bring forth fruit but it makes a big difference where it's sown. These are those that not only honestly, genuinely hear the word of God, but they receive it in their hearts. Good ground, a prepared heart, if you would. Do you know how that your heart can be prepared? Again, if you've ever done any plowing, if you've ever prepared the soil, then you got to get out there and you got to rip it apart. You got to tear it up. You got to turn it over. You know how our hearts are prepared? And a lot of people don't want it. That's why it's never prepared to bring forth the fruitfulness because the Holy Spirit has got to rip and tear our hearts apart a lot of times. Our hearts have got to be prepared and he's the one that will prepare it for us. He'll get those thorns and weeds out of there. He'll get rid of all those hard stones. The Holy Spirit's the one that wants to do the work in your life and mine. It's an understanding heart. You see, if that seed is genuinely to be fruitful, it needs to have the ability to do all that it was intended to to be able to to get good roots and to grow forth and to be nourished and to bring forth that fruit that it's intended to bring forth. It's got to be cared for. It's got to be watered. It's not just the seed in itself, but it's understanding that seed and what its needs are. I've got to tell you something. If you went out there and planted potatoes in your garden and you started trying to take care of it like an apple tree, it's not going to work very well. There's an understanding of what's been sown and what it needs and what it will bring forth. I can assure you, there's one that knows that and he's called the Holy Spirit He's the one that needs to rule and reign in your life. He's the one that can give you the understanding. He's the one that can show you the, give you the proper care that you need for that fruit to come forth. A fruitful heart. (laughs) He said some 30, some 60, some even a hundredfold. There are different degrees of fruitfulness even in the same field. If you go out there and, and you plant a half a dozen tomato plants in a row. Guess what? Every one of those may have started from the same type of seed and brought forth the same type of plant, but you're not gonna find the same number of tomatoes on every plant. It's gonna differ. And he says here, you know, some will bring 30-fold, and some 60-fold, and and some 100-fold. In our lives, it does the same thing. The purpose of the seed. The prophet Isaiah says this. I'm sorry, the prophet Ezekiel. He said, I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh. I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. That's what God said. He's the one that can do that for us. In John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8, I want to give you this in closing. John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8 Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. There is no other place that you could be nourished except through Jesus Christ. And God himself is the one that has to do the pruning to make us a healthy plant. He says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. You see, today, when I look at this congregation, as far as I know, as far as I know, You've all accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. The seed, the good seed has found a place in your heart. But what's the condition of your heart today? See, I don't say that to hurt you. The truth is, if it's left unattended, (laughs) if it's left on its own, it'll never bring forth the fruitfulness. But God, God, through the power of his Spirit, He'll take care of your heart. He'll work that heart. And God's seed can find the proper resting place in that heart to bring forth the fruit. And you know what? You're not asked to bring forth what somebody else is bringing forth. If you're an orange tree, you don't have to bear grapes. If you're a tomato plant, you don't have to grow plums. God simply wants you to be fruitful. And you know what? He doesn't tell you you've got to be the same thing as anybody else in type, but also in amount. He does say this, that if you're going to be fruitful, you're going to have to have the nourishment of the vine. You're the branch. He's the vine. And he also says this, that if you're in him and him and you, and you're part of that vine and you're connected to him, he said that you will bring forth much fruit. You'll have all the nourishment you need in him. He can bring forth, it doesn't matter if you're as prepared as that other person. It doesn't matter if you look like them or don't look like them, if you're as smart as them. We're not looking about some kind of a spiritual contest here about am I spiritual as that person or is that person more spiritual than me? We're just asking that the good seed find good soil, that you allow God himself to prepare your heart, for his word to bring forth the fruit that he so wants to in your life. And he will. He promises that he will. If you're here today, maybe you've heard the gospel many times. Maybe you know it all. But maybe it's never found a place. Don't leave here today as a religious or non religious person. Don't leave here today just hearing and knowing about Jesus and the gospel. Leave here today believing it with all of your heart and receiving it as we find was done in our Scripture reading today. If you receive God's Word, God's seed into that prepared heart, I promise you it will bring forth fruit. Father, we thank you today, Lord, that as we look at this passage of Scripture and, Lord, we are reminded, Lord, that there's only one seed that can bring forth spiritual eternal life in our lives. That's the good seed that you've given us in your word. Lord, there's only one that's capable of preparing our hearts. That's the Holy Spirit that you've left to do that. Lord, I pray today that whatever it is, you know the hearts of every person here. You know if there's one, Lord, that that heart needs to be prepared that they can receive the seed to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But you also know every Christian. You know every struggle that they're facing right now. You know every burden that they might be carrying. You know the tough things that they might be going through. Lord, I pray today, Lord, that you would help their hearts to be prepared also. May they allow the Holy Spirit to do the work that needs to be done in their hearts to receive the good seed, to receive your word, to give them the proper nourishment they need for that the fruit can be born in their lives. Father, we know that wherever they are, whatever they might be facing, that with you, the victory is theirs. So Father, I pray that you'd help us to recognize and realize we do have the perfect seed. And Lord, we have the perfect one to prepare our hearts for the receiving of that seed. So today, may we surrender it all to you. May you do the work in our lives that you would desire to do. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen.